Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yak from the bench, not balling. Probably sipping yak from the bench. <laughs> right. Welcome, everybody, to the first of the soon-to-be number one NBA podcast fresh out of the UK. I'm a Rockets fan myself, but each episode we'll be talking about other teams in the NBA as a whole. And we're also going to be starting a footy one or a soccer one, depending where you're from, soon. So keep them eyes peeled. Today we're going to talk... Pistons versus Rockets, Summer League in general, well, I'll say that, it's only been one or two games, so I'm just going to give a quick, 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 quick rundown of a few players that have been showing up, and then we're going to talk about my winners and losers from free agency, because I seem to disagree with a few people on this, reading what other people have been saying and writing, and etc, etc, seems to be on a different page to everyone else, so let's see if we can get on the same page. If you're, I, I will say as well, yeah, if you're a fan of Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Magic, etc., all of the bottom feeders, we will be trying to balance out the contender-heavy output from most other podcasts by being even-killed between the top and bottom of the league. So don't think it's just going to be title talk with Rocket stuff thrown in it. None of that. Right, so let's start with Houston-Detroit. Great game. A great game, I've got to say. I know it's summer league, etc., 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 but it was a great game. I think Detroit played well. Obviously, Rockets actually came out with the win. But, obviously, 111 to 91, I think Rockets have set this season's record for the highest score in game. But, obviously, only two games in each. So, I'm probably going to get broken again. Might even be broken by Houston Rockets. Obviously, we got to see the number one pick, Cade Cunningham. Got himself 20 points, a block. A few steals, two rebounds, two assists, sorry, four rebounds in 29 minutes. So he had a good game. He had a good game. He was very efficient. Um, he doesn't force the issue too much. I think we can see that already. But he looks like a very, very, very rounded prospect. If you were to ask me, I'd probably want him to go at it a little bit more, seeing as it's summer league and you, you've kind of got kind of got to get used to performing at your best you can't just have it in your back pocket until your first ever playoff run comes around like it doesn't work like that you've you've got to be used to um you've got to play this like it's the playoffs if you know what i mean you can't just ease into it you can ease into the season there's 82 games and you play for the pistons like it's calm there's not going to be a lot of pressure um Obviously, Houston Rockets won 111 to 91, highest scoring game I think so far. At least I know that the Rockets 111 is the highest so far, but we're only a couple games in. Um, and Cade Cunningham, of course, went up against the number two pick, Jalen Green, who got 25 points, one steal, three assists, five rebounds. Even more efficient, actually, from the field. He didn't start out that efficient, but throughout the game, he sort of picked it up. I think he was, I think he even said himself, he was moving a little bit too quick at the start. Game got ahead of him a little bit. Detroit got out to an early lead, and then Houston Rockets pulled it back and just wiped him off the floor, really, to be honest, with Josh Christopher and Alperin Sengun also having great games, KJ Martin as well. Um, I got. I've got to read out Sengun's stat line, actually, because arguably it's the best. Right. 21 points, 4 blocks, 1 steal, 3 assists, 8 rebounds. That's nice, man. 57.1% shooting. Hit a 3 from the logo. That's my guy. And 
to be honest, I'm never going to get over how many people were like, nah, nah, he's not going to make it in the league. He's just going to be like in this kind of... Obviously, technically, he hasn't even played in the league yet. It's only the summer league. But he looks like a man among boys. Like He's a top, top player, yeah. He was a top player in a professional league. Yeah, I'm getting so sick of this like American exceptionalism where like unless they physically watch the games, they just completely dismiss it. They was even doing it. I know everyone likes to pretend it never happened, but they were doing it to Luca. That's why Luca weren't the top pick. That's why people traded picks, etc., etc., on the night. This is like, I'm pretty sure Marvin Backley went before him, and Trey, which is just it's it's nuts that dismissiveness of Euro players because like oh yeah, but they're not as strong and fast as our boys. Like it's just. That's bullshit, man. Like, let's say what it is. That's bullshit. It's just made up. Like, it's never, it's never true. Most successful players in the Euro League translate to the NBA. Yeah, they might not all be stars, but they translate. Their game translates. They're playing the same game. Just because people are like got slightly longer arms on average and more hop, doesn't mean that they're better basketball players. I think. And to be honest, I see this from a lot of British people, UK people, whatever, European people on Twitter and that as well. We we fall for athleticism, this idea that athleticism is just hops. Like, that is not what athleticism is about, man. Like, the, how high you can jump is not the be-all and end-all in basketball. It's really not. Not when you're all six, six, six foot above, do you know what I mean? it's really not as important as being a good basketball player and for some people I feel like slowly the GMs are coming around to that sort of stuff but you say that and he fell to us at 16th although I have to admit I went on a little bit of a tirade on Twitter so I didn't say any names but I said how come you got a six foot 22 year old guard just everybody saying is going to go top 10 he did and then everybody's like to Sengun sort of be like, oh, like he can drop down. I don't really see where his place in the league is. Oh, it's a bit old school. Like, yeah, playing in a post is a bit old school, and that's exactly the reason why it will work. Who can defend against that? You keep defending against people in the post ain't just being long, boy. Trust me, it really takes a little bit more than that. But enough about Sengun anyway. We'll 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 get to him throughout the season. Uh, this is just a few things unnoticed. Um, watching the game. I'm going to start with Detroit. So, funnily enough, the guy that I did notice in the first couple of quarters was Savidis. Yeah, he's a six foot eight shooting guard. Yeah. Um, I think he's from Lithuania. He played um, last year, but he got waived. Him and Luca Garza, who's a rookie, top prospect in high school, etc., etc. But the sort of closer he got to the NBA, people started to once again talk about athleticism as if that's the be all and end all as if if you're not the fastest player on your college team and you won't make it in the NBA yeah maybe that's true in the sense that teams won't actually pick you but that does not mean that you're not good enough by any stretch of the imagination and I mean Luca Garza tonight got 15 points in 16 minutes so that says it all um he looked good they both look good together on the on on the court at the start to be honest, Detroit looked really good at the start. Um, Sadiq Bay and Dumbi are playing really well. But I, I thought the way Savidis and Gaza sort of knew when to go in and out. They were setting good screens for each other, etc. They looked good. I thought, I'm surprised they didn't give them more time. Obviously, the Pistons aren't that high on Savidis. 
because they waived him in July. So <laughs> it might have been the most pointless point to ever make in the world because he might not even be playing for him. But I'm excited at least on the prospect that I'll be very, very, very shocked if they didn't sign Luca Garza. He looks, he looks quite, he looks quite the player to be honest. I think in a few years that sort of player ages like fine wine. They might might not be good for the first few seasons, but when they get to about thirty. They're going to be an important important piece on championship contender. Um, you can tell Cade meditates. That's something I wrote within the first five to seven minutes. The way he carries himself, the way he talks, um, not just on the court, but just about stuff when he's asked questions, etc., etc. In interviews, he's very aware. He, he seems like a guy that, and you, you definitely see it in his play, He's so um, composed with the ball in his hand. He's composed without the ball in his hand. The way he shoots is so robotic's the wrong word because it makes it sound like it's not a good shot. But it's it's, it's like a well-oiled machine, if you know what I mean. Very similar to Luca in that way. Not in as players, but in that way that like he seems to go at a completely different pace to the rest of the team around him and the opposition as well and to be honest I could say the same thing for Killian Hayes not had the best game again he's not been playing very well generally speaking but you can definitely see that when he comes of age that backcourt of Cade and Killian is gonna they're just gonna control the tempo and that's what's gonna make Detroit such a good team is teams aren't gonna be able to just will the win against them if, if you know what I mean like they're not just going to be able to push the pace faster than Detroit and therefore win which you do see a lot in the regular season that it, it's it, it's very promising for them you add in Saban Lee as well who looks like a terrific backup for those two honestly I'd, I'd be actually to be honest I'd be surprised if Saban Lee wasn't in the shout to start alongside Cade um but Detroit got a lot to look forward to. And we're going to be watching them a lot this year. Um, I'm going to make a point of watching a lot of the lottery picks and their teams this year. Um, as a Rockets fan, this is the most involved in a draft I've ever been. Um, I started watching Rockets at the, like, right at the end of the Yale T-Mac era. So, yeah, really, like apart from like, Jeremy Lamb, Chandler Parsons, Sam Decker. It's about all I can really remember for like first round picks. Was Chandler Parsons even a first round pick? I don't know. I might have to find that one out. Such a good player before he'd done his knees, man. It's a shame. We used to love him. But yeah, for Houston, I, uh, I feel bad saying this. Um... Oh, that first thing I wrote on there, Shengun hits his threes, he's going to be a problem. And he is. And I feel terrible for bitching about Davion Mitchell in the draft saying that Americans don't know what they're looking at, man. And yeah, Davion Mitchell looks like a player. Like he actually looks as good, you know. Not as good as Shengun, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I've got KJ Martin suffering from not having as many passes on the roster. You saw it at the end of the game. His three-point stroke is there, but Jalen Green isn't a passer. He's a brilliant player, but he's not a passer. And you can tell that if not for the pace of the team, 
we probably would struggle to score outside of isolation. Um, I know we're running some sets and stuff and we, we score really efficiently off of them, but sort of without them, we don't have that natural... We've got natural drivers, but we haven't got natural drive and kickers on the team. Kyrie Thomas is a decent passer. Marcus Foster's a decent passer. But they're not... Obviously, Shingun's a decent passer, but they're not the... You know, they're not John Wall, James Harden, drive to the basket, kick to the corner with a laser pass. It's... The, the, the guys in the corners are struggling. And on that, I wrote, I want to see the ball kicked out to Matthew Hurt a little bit more. A top... A absolute sniper, that guy. But he's not getting many opportunities to shoot. He's having to do a lot of defending and not a lot of shooting. And he's an all-right defender, but it's going to be hard for him to earn a place in the NBA without people getting to see his shot. And I feel bad for him. I also want to see a lot more of um, Phils, the guy from Yale University. Came straight on, scored a good bucket. I want to see more of that. Everybody says, you know what I mean? If you go to Yale, you've got to be a smart guy. Um... I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite enamoured with the idea of having sort of Thomas, Kyrie Thomas and um, Fools as like the backup, backup, backups. Because they, they've each got something quite good about them, it looks like. Um, I also said Green has that Harden-esque way of getting points without seeming to play that well. He seemed to make quite a few mistakes throughout the game and still was the best player on the court, which I think... I'm very excited about, and another little point as well, Josh Christopher, man. If he isn't Eric Gordon 2.0, the new and improved version, obviously he's not quite there yet, but I honestly think he is like, if you took Eric Gordon, put him in a lab and thought, come on, we just, he's great, but we need to make him a little bit better, Josh Christopher would be what come out of that experiment. He's strong. He's, he's one-on-one defense, I think, in a couple of years, he's going to be a scary guy to play against. And he can ball. That's the difference. Most guys you see like that, they're good defenders. And they've got an all right shot, all right at passing, composed on the ball. But like, Christopher's a baller, man. Like He's in there crossing over, breaking ankles, hitting hard shots. Getting, getting the flamboyant at the rim. Flamboyant is the word for him. Some of the things he does, I just think, Jesus Christ. That was our fourth pick. Our fourth pick, you know. And we ain't even seen Garubi yet. So, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Now, let's move on. I just want to do this sort of quickly run over some of the, the players in the Summer League that have been playing well. Or that have caught my eye, anyway, let's say. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into it because we're only one game, two games in, so... I can't really go 10 minutes in on a guy and then tomorrow he, he don't score nothing in 25 minutes. So I'm just going to go over who caught my eye in the first couple of games. Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy the third. He's absolutely caught me off guard from the Pelicans. Yeah, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, no turnovers. The 17th pick in the draft. One after Shengun. 6 foot 9. Three words to describe him. Bouncy, long and sharp shooter s to the h to the no not right now um davion mitchell obviously the guy that i was dissing i won't really dissing him it was just mad to me that like you can see that 
prime example of a player that no matter how good they are, they find it very hard to find a role in the NBA. And then you've got like a 6'9 guy from Turkey, MVP of the Turkish league, who can pass, dribble, do all this shit. And everybody's just writing him off. But couple of games so far 11 points 55 percent from the field 6.5 assists and only one and a half turnovers there's three words to describe this guy it's crafty selfless okay this is four words crafty selfless and laser pass scotty barnes as well from toronto he played really well in that first game i don't think he's played the second game yet but i really enjoyed him in that first game 18 points 10 rebounds five assists two steals the fourth pick obviously my word was that a moment when he got picked ahead of Jalen Suggs. I feel sorry for Suggs, obviously. Suggs seems like a great player, but big up Scotty Barnes. He's the, the the next Kawhi, you know. He's that guy that comes in with fucking big ass hands. Everybody's like a bit, he can't really shoot the ball that well. Do you know what I mean? AD and Kawhi didn't shoot the ball that well um, at college. And now look at him, challenging for titles every year. And Jalen Suggs, the aforementioned Jalen Suggs, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks. That is nice for a guard, you know. That is nice. 9 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks. If forget about the 24 points, which is obviously impressive. They're shorter games. Um, like the most someone's going to play is 30 minutes in a summer league game. He was the 5th pick, six foot four. I really like what you see from him. I'm... Um, quite excited to watch the magic a bit more next season um and obviously we'll keep you all updated with their stuff and the last guy that really caught my eye like less so like there's a couple players i'm going to mention in the honorable mentions that played a little bit better but this is a guy that just come left field for me i know he played some not big minutes but big minutes for a rookie for boston last year and now i kind of get why in it after two games, yeah, 22 points, six and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists, one and a half steals. He was the 26th pick in the 2020 draft, not this one, the one just before. And he looks really good, man. Like, he looks like a serious point guard. And um, him and Schroeder next year for the Celtics, one and two at the point guard, looks pretty good, you know. And there's, here's my honourable mentions. Here's some guys we're going to be keeping an eye on over the next few days in the Summer League. We've got Marko Siminovic for the Bulls, the big Serbian centre. Jordan and Wara from the Bucks played really well the other night. It was like 30 points or something crazy like that. Patrick Williams for the Bulls, who definitely got 30 points. I just watched that game. Brilliant. He's looking good, man. The Bulls. Oi, oi. Bol Bol for the Nuggets. Finally, please let this be the year that Bol Bol starts playing more. All I want is to see Pokashevsky and Bol Bol balling out in the league. That's my dream. Every 2K in my league, my GM that I do, they are the first two guys that I get. They are my guys, yeah. From the jump. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see him scoring, scoring, and scoring because that's what he can do. Imagine... Mate, him as Jokic's backup is just like Jokic goes out the game, and now someone else that is just completely impossible to defend against on a good day. Like that, you cannot defend against that height, length. And people say, "Oh, he's too skinny," and it's like, bro, being skinny can be an advantage in sports. Sometimes it ain't just about walking about like a tank, getting in everybody's way, bouncing off of everybody. It's not always like that. Someone that's that slender and skilled, boy, like, have you not seen it? 
enough from players in the past. It's not all about just being massive, you know. Shout out to Evan Mobley. Sharif Cooper for Atlanta, looking like good, good. Tra- like Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson for the Hawks. Considering the team that they've already got, yeah. Gallo, I love Gallo. You'll, you'll figure that out. So Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Trey Young, Capella, Herta, Reddish, etc. And now you're adding Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson. Sharif Cooper, an electric guard. Jalen Johnson, a really, really, really skilled forward. Like, looking really good, man. Um, Got Isaiah Jackson from Indiana, looks good. Javier Tillman, Killian Tilly, Kai Jones, and last of all, Leangelo Ball. Leangelo Ball out. Leangelo Ball on your mama. Leangelo Ball on your bowling ball. Mate, big baller brand. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Mate, Lonzo on the balls next year. Ball at the balls. The two balls in the hornet's nest. I mean, it is kicking off. There's, I cannot wait to see. Or I, I hope, to be honest, I'm getting a bit, jumping the gun a little bit here. And I, I hope Leangelo gets picked up. I would love to see that. Leangelo at the, at the two, Lamelo at the one, Gordon Hayward at the three, oh, and cut and Kai Jones. Just Google Kai Jones dunk. Just do it right now. Don't even listen to me, man. Go watch that. That's some good shit. That's gold. Oh, watch that. Just do not get excited. And I just there's there's I've done my honourable mentions there, but I've got to do an honourable shout out. Yeah, if you want to watch a team at the summer league and you're not sure who to watch, and you're kind of like. Do you know what? I don't really enjoy watching rookies play that much, you know, like it's just like a whole lot of hero ball or mistakes and stuff. Like I'm telling you, go watch the Portland 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 wow. Portland Trailblazers, yeah. Team of Vets. Antonio Blakeney, undrafted in 2017, four years ago. Michael Beasley, one of my favourite players ever. Don't ask why, he just is. Second pick, 2008. Mudiai. 7th pick, 2015, Kenneth Fareed, 22nd pick, 2011, and Kobe Simmons, undrafted in 17 as well. That's basically the starting five for them as well. I think there's, I think like CJLB maybe started for them, I can't quite remember. And again, I think he's second year as well. Not many rookies on this team, at least rookies that anyone's heard of. Um... But yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Like some older guys, maybe had to correct me here, but I have never seen a team like this at summer league, like ever. I've never even heard of it. It's mental, but I kind of get it because the Trailblazers aren't in a rebuild situation, and that might be the sort of message that they're trying to put across to Lillard. They're saying, look, obviously you've got the rumours of a Ben Simmons, CJ McCollum trade. They're going to say, look, we will mortgage our future. On the next couple with you. We're going to give all these vets a chance to prove that they're worth the, the veterans minimum or whatever. Or the MLE, whatever they've got to give. And they're going to they're gonna put as competitive a team around him as possible. And obviously, you, you swap. You put Simmons at, at the point forward rather than point guard. Which you had been playing for the 76ers. You've got um, Anthony Simons there that can, that can slip next to Lillard. I know maybe not the best defensive team in the world but you add like Simmons and that to that team this could be a really fun team to watch next year 
um, as much as I like CJ McCollum, just seeing Lillard with different players and a different type of team instead of just like a two guard with Nurkic team. I think uh, yeah, get surrounding Nurkic and Lillard with some other players might they might make a run, you know, because they've been close a couple times. People forget this; they've been close. They're not they're not idiots in this thing, innit? Like they're they're good. And with a couple just changes a style, they might catch a lot of teams off guard. Obviously, that means that Lillard has to stay. If he doesn't stay, then do you know I mean, well, that's just a load of shit. Right, let's move on now. I'm not gonna call. I was, I was, I was gonna do this thing here where I just go down everybody else's, all these famous people, um, all these successful people that I hate because I'm not. Um, that wasn't a sarcastic jab at anyone that's literally just me um right now i was gonna call them all out i was gonna list them and be like this person said this he said this she said this i disagree but i decided to just you know couple pluses couple minuses and then my winner right so winners number two because we're gonna leave the, the real winner till last they deserve it the bulls yeah signing lonzo caruso de rosen um the idea that Bulls can't play Lonzo, Levine and DeRozan, to me, is a little bit too reactionary. DeRozan last season, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. Lonzo last season, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Levine last season, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. That goes to show these guys can figure it out with each other. These, these are... I mean, Lonzo isn't ball hockey. Yeah, Levine and DeRozan are typically ball hockey sort of players. Almost famous for it. But that's, that's changing, man. They are growing as players. DeRozan, seven assists last season, or just under. Like He's been getting better at passing every single year he's been at the Spurs. And he does take the odd three-pointer now. and not that good at it, but he takes it. He can space the floor. Alonso is like the purest off-ball passer and shooter you will find. Like Just a solid player. He will cut. He will... He will do everything you need him to do. And I, f I feel like Zach Levine's also getting to that point of his career as well, where he realises that it's not just up to everyone else to play good enough. Sometimes you've got to diversify your game as the star. Do you, do you, like, do you think LeBron would have won all those titles if he was just a scorer, etc., etc.? It's a prime example. Um, I, I kind of like it, man. I kind of like it. I want to get deep into it, but the, the easiest way to, for me to say it is just, I kind of like the idea of it. Lonzo, Levine, DeRozan. I'm quite excited for it, yeah. And the thing is, is a lot of people are sort of arguing about whether they're like title contenders now. Like, I, I don't... After this year, it's hard to say because like a couple injuries, anybody can go through that's got a decent team. Obviously, they're not up there. But they are, they're on the cusp of something good. And they have categorically gone from ill to a shoo-in for the playoffs. You can't sniff at that. Just because they didn't fight, sign free agents that didn't exist. Like, there just wasn't these free agents on the market yet that are going to just turn an average team into the best team in the country. Like, it just doesn't work like that. When there isn't those people available, yeah. They didn't sign those free agents because they didn't exist this year. They signed the best ones they could. And to be honest, signing Lonzo Ball and DeRozan is a good summer by anybody's count, yeah. I don't, I don't understand why people are pretending that they're just like... 
crap players. I don't know. Like, I don't know what point people are trying to prove in it. Like, they're good. And they've made the Bulls categorically better. They've won. They're winning. Right. My third winner. Because obviously we're missing out the first two later. Heat. The Miami Heat. A lot of people have them first. But we're talking about the team who came second in 2020. Swapping Goran Dragic. 13 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. And a player with potential in Precious Achua. For Lowry, 17 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds in 7 more minutes than Dragic. So, yeah, they've got better. But I think the main addition is winning experience and leadership rather than a categorically better player than Dragic. I don't see that much difference between Lowry and Dragic. It it may may bring more of a culture shift, heat culture. Here we fucking go. Like, it may bring more of that, but I don't think they've categorically, in the same way that, say, the Bulls and the other team I'm going to mention, have. Um, they're definitely title contenders, but they, they kind of already were. If the Heat aren't healthy, they're definitely in with a shout. Um, but I think the main addition, that everyone sort of talks about Lowry as the winning experience in leadership edition, but PJ Tucker and Markeith Morris, I think those are the two moves that really moved the needle. If you just brought just Kyle Lowry, then it's like, good team, still kind of young with holes in it though, but PJ and Markeith Morris, that rotation in the playoffs is going to be hard to beat, man. That's going to be hard to beat. And I'm I'm not going to lie, yeah, I am very excited to see a backcourt of Lowry and Butler in the playoffs. I am excited for that. Oh. Right, number four. Wizards. But it comes with a caveat. It comes with a little a little star. Only if my boy Rui and Denny Advia make big jumps, yeah. Having Dinwiddie should help. But a logjam is fast approaching in the front court, which could stunt some players' growth. If they do this... If they do make the jump here, yeah, it could be a very good team next year. I think they, they get credit for getting a more rounded roster. I think that's really the main reason I've got them on there. Now on to the losers. Loser. L.A. Lakers. Not many people will accept this, but it's the Lakers for me. I love Russ a lot. I love Russ. But it's more that they've swapped... Height and defense for loads of tiny microwaves. I think Bazemore at 6'4 is the tallest player they signed that isn't in their 100th season. And they've put defenders around... Sorry, they haven't put defenders around Big Lazy Davis, One Last Push James and Russ. Yeah, Monk and Nunn are nice signings. But if they were going Clippers, I'd say that. They're, They're not going to the Clippers. They're going to a team where they don't really have a place in the team you don't really need a microwave next to russ you just don't russ is the microwave the nets walk this team if the nets are healthy i'm sorry they walk this team and there's a team in the west near some bridge somewhere that should be the ones facing the nets in the end anyway so uh we'll circle back to that later yeah i it's hard. They signed Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. I mean, like, in a vacuum or for another team, you think, like, Jesus Christ, that's good. And all you did was give up KCP and 
her role and um Caruso and exactly they've given up a lot to get a lot of the same kind of person in they've just got like the same sort of old power forward and loads of kind of youngish but very erratic and untrustworthy small guards it doesn't make sense to me it just doesn't it makes sense to a lot of people it does not make sense to me man and stop bringing all these old centers back man stop it look my next loser before i get annoyed with myself talking about the lakers philly a backup center that lives off of rebound and niang does not move the needle at all at all in the slightest but we're in trade season now so trades for ben simmons and or Embiid. yes you heard it here first joel Embiid could shake everything up and my last loser l a clippity dippers lost Kawhi and added winslow yes i know Kawhi signed a new contract but he's injured all right you nerd winslow has potential still but you'd have hoped to have seen more than swapping maybe the best uh, I don't know that's harsh to say i was gonna say maybe the best maybe the best wing in the league with winslow i'm saying that i'll say that like i don't like winslow i, I quite like justice winslow i think on a good team it, with good coaching staff good sort of environment he could become a very very good player a very good playoff player as well um but one we're yet to see that and two he's supposed to be replacing Kawhi. i don't get it a lot of the players on Clippers are old and you kind of want to rest them for the playoffs, but will they make the playoffs? Pretty much every team in the league has a star now. So is just Paul George good enough? I say that, like, I'm not dismissing Reggie, um, Nicola Batum and players like that, but they're not the same players. Like they, they kind of have to recharge for the playoffs. They're not 82 games. And then the playoffs players, they're just not anymore. Like age is a age is not just a number, okay? But the big winners here. Another one. Everyone else seems to hate when I mention it. The Warriors are back. They're back in a big way. Shout out to Getz. Adding Otto Porter and Bjorka, 40 and 39% respectively on three-point shooting. Career. To a team welcoming Clay and Iggy back. A starting five of Steph, Clay, Andrew, Wiggins, Green and Wiseman. With lottery picks, Kaminga and Moody, who look good, by the way. They look good. I like this Kaminga. I like Moses Moody, man. I really like them. Young talent in Jordan Poole and Toscano Anderson. Another two players that are really... Jordan Poole towards the end of the year. He's a real good backup for um for Steph, man. And Vets, Bioka, Iggy and Porter off the bench. This is a crazy talented team. And this is my hot take for this episode, yeah. I think this could be the best roster that they put around the big three. If Clay is back back, the Labours the Labours? Well, yeah, well, yeah, Labour is done out here. Um bring back Corbin. Uh the Lake the Lakers are done out here, man. Heroic LeBron series with standing. The Lakers are done out here.
And that's it for episode one of Yak from the Bench. Not balling, probably sipping Yak from the Bench. It's episode one, yeah. We're going to be doing a lot more over Summer League. Unfortunately, what I wanted to do, can't really do it at the moment because we're only two games in, but I will start going in, start evaluating some of the picks on the draft, some of the guys people didn't know about and are really balling out. Once they've played a few more games, I think we can really dive in and be a bit more concrete with what they're going to look like in the league. Unfortunately, in Summer League, some guys do go off for a game and then don't for the next, especially guys that are, are known as sharpshooters and stuff like that. And uh, I will just say I'm quite disappointed with Corey Kispert at the moment, but we'll get into that another time, yeah. This has been fantastic. Um, Good luck to the Rockets against Raptors in a couple of days, yeah. Good luck to everyone else in the Summer League. Um, Obviously, you know what to do. Subscribe to the ting. Hit me up on the socials. Um, apart from that, to be honest, you can piss off right now, actually, yeah.